0: January 23rd, Andrei Bogoslavsky, New York City, 2022, Sunday, yes, 10 o'clock at night. And today's episode will be about you as an individual in the society where you live and how, should be, how you should formulate your existence starting from a young age. Basically, you need to find a balance between what you take from the world and what you give to the world. I'll tell you some of my stories, how I contributed to the world absolutely free, (coughs) starting at an early age. Even in my high school, I was uh, very compassionate with people who are in need. I I was giving as much money as I could, as I could afford, but I uh, always felt that it wasn't difficult to make money since I was 17, 18 years old. You know, I told you before I was making fake icons uh, and the Polish organized people were selling it to German tourists for crazy money. At the time in Poland, you know, (coughs) that was crazy money. You know, $600 for an icon and the German collectors, uh, they they were selling it for a few thousand dollars thinking this is original uh, Byzantium icon from 15th century. (laughs) It's painted by me, on a wood that was in somebody's barn, like somebody's hundred-year-old barn, fall apart, rotten away, and I cut this wood, and the wood is old. You understand? It's worn out. So even chemical expertise will determine that this is old wood. And in Poland also, (coughs) I knew sculptors who are using this oak wood that was... In a, in the a bugs, uh, without oxygen, and the oak wood turns black. It it turns black, in, and it's very soft. And uh, because there's uh, phosphorus, I think, in the bugs, there's no oxygen, so it's called bug oak. And people make sculptures out of it, but it's very expensive material. It's m- more expensive than than marble. But there were many sculptures made in Poland, my friends, sculptors, older people, who are very experienced, you know, they were making this, uh, how do you call them, Mary with Jesus all the time for Catholic churches. So I had access to, so what I'm trying to say, you know, your contribution to to your immediate environment needs to be a balance. So when you uh, sell a painting, let's say, or your song gets promoted and you receive $1,000, thousands of dollars, million dollars, you have to realize that you are more lucky for some strange reason. You understand? (coughs) Somebody came to your studio and gave you $5,000 for your painting. It's better than your neighbor artist who haven't sold anything the whole year and needs to wash the dishes and work his waitressing job to pay the bills. So the, the, there is something about your life, about your genetic makeup, about your wits that uh, put you in the right place at the right time. You understand? It's not just the wits. It's not just the wisdom, but also your character, So, for instance, uh, you come from uh, unfortunate backyard. I come from uh, unfortunate backyard, backyard, back, back, uh, childhood. And my, my, my parents were out of their minds, very insane, very violent, very sadistic. They weren't very nice people. They were a result of Bolsheviks, communism, abuse, and, and genocide, and starvation. So they, they didn't treat uh, people with respect and love people deserve, especially children. Children were treated like shit in Russia. You know, the teachers, uh, first grade, second grade, six, seven-year-old, we were beaten in the head. You know, my teacher was pulling my ears and this hair next to your ear. So when they pulled that, it's, it hurts a lot. They put me in a corner all the time. I was standing there in the corner and the whole classroom was laughing at me. And, of course, we were fighting with feasts, you know, when I was six, seven, eight years old. And I had broken, not broken nose, but bleeding nose. I made many b- bleeding noses. So I come from the wrong side of the truck. My family was privileged by the, the system. You know, my father was a communist, the leader of a communist party in, the, in Saratov. My mother was a ballerina, traveling all the time, barely home. But my parents didn't care. I had very bad grades. I remember literally sitting in an after-school program and this gorilla, this 300-pound woman, national hero from the Second World War, she volunteered (coughs) volunteer to stay with us after school to teach us math. (coughs) There are like five boys that can't get it. And I'm seven or eight years old. I'm looking at the black... um, black, uh, black wall, where she's writing mathematics, I don't know, 13 divided by two or something, and I can't get it, I'm like, I'm like hypnotized, I don't understand, how do you divide 50 by two, I don't, I can't get it, you understand, so something in my head was sort of, uh, you know, wrong, (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then things change. You know, I came to Poland and things change. So let's go back. What's important in your life? You know, you have cell phone. You have internet. You have clean water in a faucet. You can, you can drink it. You know, when I was a child in Russia, nobody drinks water from the faucet. You need to boil it. Milk needs to be boiled because it's not pasteurized. So, so I come from the environment, the house I was born. The house I was born, where my mother lived with my father, the first three years of my life, it was my grandmother's house, my mother's house, and it didn't have running water. It had an outdoor, you know, house to go shit outside, and in Russia in the winter, things get pretty rough. I remember, you know, when I was four or five, I guess I was walking to her with her with two buckets of uh, water to, to get the water like, you know, 500 yards from the house, (coughs) from public fountain. (coughs) So what I'm trying to tell you. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. By Soviet Russian standards, it was perhaps a little bit more privileged than many other people in our city, because there were people who were living in horrible conditions, horrible conditions, and my family moved to a very nice apartment when I was, I guess, four years old or five years old, so... But since my early age, even in Russia, I felt that there are other kids who I knew who are less privileged. Like there was a boy whose father was a head of a big manufacturing facility. They were making, uh, forgot what, uh, like these lamps for radios. Before radios were transistor radios, they had these lamps and um, 10,000 employees. And he was a horrible drunk, and he used to beat his son all the time. And this boy would stay with us, with me, till late at night, till father falls asleep. So it was horrible, it was a a nightmare. So I felt that my situation is bad, pretty bad. My father would come back home uh, also drunk and fall asleep. I'll never forget that incident. I we had a gas a gas stove uh, that heats up the water, and uh, but you need to turn it off manually to heat up the water for the bathtub. So I take the bath and uh, get out of the bath at the end of the day. And he's drunk. He's falling asleep. And I ask him, uh, "You going are you gonna take a bath?" And he says, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." But he's drunk. Uh, but and I'm a little kid. I'm like six or seven years old, and I left the gas on. Next thing I know, I wake up in the middle of the night. Fire department, the whole building burns. You know, nobody died, nobody got hurt, not much got burned down. But I accidentally, you know, um, the roof, the the ceiling, the roof got caught on fire from this gas that we had. <laughs> we we the fire department didn't shut us down because my daddy was a communist leader, they, we continue using this, uh, this illegal unsafe gas uh, to heat up the water, gas tank. So uh, you need to contribute, you need to contribute. I don't understand why TikTok is shutting down my videos when I talk about Chernobyl nuclear disaster site and my volunteer work there. I don't understand why their algorithm doesn't allow me to to post my video when I talk about for three minutes about the world is in my mind um, article in a, in, a, in, a, in a paper. Maybe I use the word copyright and they, the, uh, the, the algorithm picks up the word copyright and is not allowing it to post it. On on one of my pages, I have two pages on TikTok, as I I notify a few of my followers. One of my pages is showing me, the creator, that this video is up, but zero views. But when I look at my big page with 12,000 followers, 13,000 followers, from the other page with only 1,000 followers, I don't see that video at all with the the World is in My Mind a newspaper article. So, it, so they're showing a creator one thing and in public a different thing. And I also don't see many comments. People make comments and I don't see them as a visitor to my own page. So there's some sort of conspiracy going on, lying. And I understand that I signed 200 pages of... ...of user contract, and of course I didn't read those pages, who the hell reads those pages? And I personally, like I said, I don't care if TikTok shuts me down, I don't care if TikTok goes out of business, no, I, I don't, this is not a big deal for my for my life, you know. I'm trying to contribute by this podcast, by, by you know, uh, posting those videos to teach young people how to be an artist, business-wise, technology, career personality development, um, salesmanship, all of these aspects that are important to survive as an artist. I hope you don't mind I'm taking a shit as I'm recording this video. So I need to put the phone down to wipe my ass. And uh, for t- 14 years in Washington DC, I was driving a van for Marta's Table. Marta's Table is a big kitchen where they cook about 1,000 meals a day. They feed about 300 kids after school program. And we fed, there were two vans driving through the parks, DC parks, public parks, where people are hanging out all day. I don't know if they're homeless, they're certainly unprivileged, maybe unemployed, maybe underpaid. So we fed a few hundred people every day. And I did it in a period of not 14 years, but 12 years. I started in 2004, right? Yeah, yeah, in 2004. And for 14 years, I went to Chernobyl uh, disaster area as a translator for my wife's organization, which was which is a small organization, she barely barely there. I mean, she's a volunteer; there, nobody gets paid. The bookkeeper doesn't get paid. We we fly to Chernobyl at our own cost. And the doctors we find, the surgeons to perform surgeries on cardiac, uh, on children, also fly at their own cost. But unfortunately, the medical equipment needs to be purchased. Then there are uh, sometimes surgical nurses in, in Belarus, in Ukraine, they need to get paid. If they attend a surgery for a child... You know, uh, like one-year-old child needs immediate operation, like a little patch on a heart, or else the child is going to die. And it's, uh, it's urgent. And the patches also cost money. We had a fundraiser. I donated 25 paintings, uh, 100% of the, my show, in a restaurant uh, on, on Wisconsin Avenue. There was a restaurant, Caliban. A friend of mine owned it. And we sold, like, 10 paintings. And... Uh, to buy patches for these heart surgeries because each patch is like thousand dollars it's patented by somebody so what i'm trying to tell you to donate your artwork is not just good karma doing good and it's gonna get back to you forget about getting back any shit. forget about getting back you're donating your little artwork which should be sort of characteristic of your style. So I had a good luck of painting flowers and making money on painting uh, flower paintings, big, expressionistic, colorful. And then when winter came on the barge, I started going to Palm Beach and my friends are telling me, Maybe you should donate little flower paintings to fundraisers and maybe you should volunteer there. So I started doing that and almost every night, at least three nights a week throughout the winter, I would be donating to all the major organizations, fundraising, American Cancer Society, American Diabetes Society. I have hundreds of those thank you letters and I call them and I tell them I would like to donate a painting. It's in the gallery, $1,000, but we can start auction at $250. But I would like to come and volunteer Because when I stand next to my painting And talk to pe- potential people who want my painting They usually bet I convince them to bet on my painting And the price goes up from $250 to, to sky, skyrocketed. People were fighting over my paintings I'll never forget the one fundraiser at the Breakers in Palm Beach, it was American Cancer Society or Red Cross, I forgot. I have photographs. And there is one uh, family, Haddad group, it's a banking private investment, this fat, fat guy with beautiful wife, and the wife wants my flowers, both of them. So they place a bet and they place very high bet, like over, over, somebody was bidding $600 before and they put like $2,000 bet. And then someone else came, Verizon. Yeah, Verizon Corporate. Verizon Corporate Headquarters in Florida. There's two guys, sleek guys. Uh, with this very dark sunburned skin. And they overbet them on my paintings. They really wanted those paintings. And a few minutes later, just before sitting down for dinner, this young man comes and says, so we're getting these paintings. I say, who are you? He says, well, I'm a son of Hedad group. I say, well, I'm sorry, man, but Verizon overbet you and silent auction is closed. He got so pale. He says, my father is going to kill me. By the way, my father wants you to sit at our table for dinner, for dancing and dinner, you know, the, the ticket costs $500, and these people have a table for 10 people, and obviously their friends didn't show up, so they're offering me a seat, so yes, yeah, sure, I will sit at your table, but I'm sorry, if you, you, you lost the bet, he begged me, can I please make a bet? So I went to the front desk, and I pulled out the paperwork, and I let him over bet the Verizon. Oh, wait a minute. One painting went to Verizon and one painting went to Haddad group. So we split it fairly because Verizon later, thank God, came to me at the dances after dinner and they were very excited. They're getting two paintings. So I surprised them to say, I'm sorry, sir, but you got only one (coughs) because the other one got over bet over you. You understand? So these paintings go to amazing collections. You're getting nothing out of it. But the canvas costs you only $20. But you get to know hundreds of people who buy artwork for thousands of dollars. There you are in a very casual suit with a bunch of your business cards and you follow up with them. They're local. They live somewhere within 30 miles. And they would love to come to your studio. If they didn't win the bet they put six hundred dollars they want to come to your studio and see what else you got in this particular style i was painting flowers but i also was painting you know landscapes and abstracts and figures, oh my god the, the, the whole lifestyle of being an artist is based on self-promotion but it's it's in my particular life, it included in, in donations, contributing to the world in this particular fund. so it's a marketing trick from one hand, the American Cross Association, the Red Cross benefits from the money they receive from my paintings, otherwise they wouldn't get thousands of dollars from those people who already bought five hundred dollar tickets you understand so your contribution to the most uh, needy environments around you that you know of is crucial for survival of these other other people in my life i met some amazing people even my second wife she decided to go to nuclear disaster site she was retired from a business world she didn't need to work for the rest of her life why did she decide to help children in orphanages who are covered with their own shit, who have no food, who have no laundry detergent. We literally bought laundry detergent with our pocket money for the orphanages that we visited on the first trip, and then we established, you know, to to raise money. Oh my god, HBO made movie culture Noble Heart, I think. I forgot the title. And it got Oscars uh, for documentary in 2003 or 2004. Uh, what's her name? The Leo. The Leo director was this young woman. I met her, a very nice woman. So what I'm trying to tell you, you need to contribute to your immediate environment with positive spirit, with work, with your hands-on experience. You're going to be learning <coughs> that other people are not as fortunate as you are. You understand? You are fortunate. You got a bed. You got a roof over your head. Somebody's, uh, you know, paying for your clothing, for, to, 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 for you to get to school, to, to go to college. You understand? All of these things are excellent. They're amazing. Of course, United States will have problems. Of course, it's all corrupt by greedy, greedy corporations. And it's hard to point the finger at any individuals because this is stockholders you know you (coughs) buy stocks of the company you invest million dollars you don't want to lose this money You want this million dollars to become $2 million in in five years. You understand? Or else you're going to invest in real estate or artwork or something else, in gold. So the system we have created, the financial economic system, works this way that the shareholders, they want to see profits. And to see profits, companies such as Amazon.com, they don't want to pay their employees more than minimum wage wage. They don't want any unions. Of course they don't because they want to show more and more profits, more and more profits. (laughs) The joke is when Amazon.com sends you a free toothbrush Oh Free frying pan They actually got paid From the toothbrush company From Colgate toothpaste company To send you this toothbrush And Colgate is also paying For the postage to send you this toothbrush So mamazon.com It's called placing Like in advertising, in movies and, and, and sitcom shows When you see a couch When you see a cosmetic or some clothing Somebody actor is wearing They're paying for this vodka to to appear in Indiana Jones movie. Like my friend imports vodka and his vodka was in Indiana Jones movie once upon a time. And he paid for it. It's not free. So what I'm trying to tell you, the financial system we have created is quite complicated. And there are holes. There are serious holes in our system. There are people dying of drugs overdose, heroin overdose. There, There is a health system that is falling apart. People are paying out-of-pocket crazy money for medications. Why we're paying for fucking medications? The whole Europe has free colleges and universities for their children. And we have the biggest budget in the world as a country. Why our young people don't have free higher education? I don't know. I'm not an economist. One of my students was one of the best economists in this country. Feds hired him to investigate he was the head of a committee investigating the banks from the crisis 2008, and he found out that there was, there was no fraud. It's just the mechanism of, of our financial institutions led to the, the disaster. So what I'm trying to tell you is you need to navigate this system instead of getting angry and belligerent and setting things on fire and shooting at people. No, you need to bring good spirit to where it's needed. At the same time, you need to be conscious and knowledgeable of uh, true problems. What is the core of the issue? Why there are people sitting in the, par- in the parks in Washington, D.C.? The, the, the statistics, they were telling me there are 10,000 uh, legally homeless children in Washington, D.C., in the capital of the nation, the Martha Stable uh, uh, president was telling me. And I couldn't believe my ears. I say, what are you talking about? And many of times I was feeding those people in the parks and there were kids from high school getting into line. Line was a block long to get our soup and sandwich. You understand? So that was a big question, why high school students are in line to get free food from Martha's table you understand so I don't have those answers because I'm I'm painting my paintings and it's very hard to balance my life as is between vacuuming doing laundry cooking and and making those videos and podcasts and 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 (coughs) existing in the the internet world you understand I also have friends I also have children I also have friends dog damn it (laughs) so it's busy I don't have time to investigate everything in detail so don't ask me what I think about this conflict between Ukraine and Russia. I know nothing. I don't know what Russia claims. I don't know what who has any interests, personal interests, literally, in Ukraine. But I'm sure there are interests, like financial interests, in Ukraine to be a NATO country and to be independent from Russia. Of course. So it's not only about nukes. NATO nukes present in Ukraine and jeopardizing Russia. No, it's not only that. It's actual money and making these Ukrainian people slaves to somebody. (laughs) Somebody wants to sell them something. (laughs) You understand? And the laws need to be changed in Ukraine. So Ukraine becomes one of those countries that will kiss ass. (laughs) Right now, they're not kissing a lot of ass, but they're ready and willing to kiss some ass. (laughs) I don't know whether the majority or minority wants to kiss some ass. Keep in mind, many protests and manifestations, protests on the streets are actually paid people get paid to go and protest the president. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was in Minsk in Belarus and there was a huge protest. No, 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 no. It was in Ukraine, in Kiev. And there's this huge protest. And the landlord for the apartment was saying, uh, was saying you know, they get paid. And look at their faces. They're unemployed, alcoholics. They're drinking. They're getting belligerent and nasty. They're setting things on fire. <laughs> they're going against the President of Ukraine, but they're getting paid to go on a protest. It's not a, it's not a free thing. If nobody got paid, nobody would protest anything <laughs> in Ukraine. So what I'm trying to tell you, I don't know much uh, what's going on in Ukraine right now in Afghanistan. I'm not. I don't have time to in, inquisitive politics. I'm sharing you with you my own personal experience and from. F- From the wisdom I'm learning, from the ancient wisdom I'm learning in the past 30 years, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, the most ancient wisdom we inherited for thousands of years. From the beginning of writing, people started sharing wisdom because that's what makes our culture. That's what makes sure that next generation survives and don't make mistakes of previous generations. This is why they wrote the Bible. So we don't screw up. Again and again, (laughs) the format of the Bible has a very specific format. It's very different than Hinduism. It's very different than Taoism, Zen, Zazen in Japan. Yes, but it has its own format, okay? And Jesus came along, and he has a different format, presentation format. You understand? So the the Judeo-Christian religion is threatening you, threatening you. You're going to burn in hell, you know. Dante wrote the... The whole, the whole book about it, and you're gonna burn in hell with exact description what's gonna happen to you if you're a pedophile. What's gonna happen to you if you're homosexual? So it's a form of presentation of certain ideas to prevent the disasters. You know, on the, for instance, biologically, uh, monogamy. Is designed therefore in in mammals for millions of years, for hundreds of millions of years, to prevent viral infections. But viruses got even smarter than that. They spread through air, not just sexually. Viruses do spread sexually, as you know, but they also spread in air by sneezing and people get sick, like we have COVID now, right? So viruses are the most sophisticated species. They evolve very fast. They go in into loopholes in biology where we never expected them to go. And here we go. They're using birds. They're using pigs to spread. In other words, where they fail, they fail. But where they survive and keep on going, and generation after generation become more sophisticated and hard to fight with. And now we're talking about this virus, COVID, is going to be incorporated in human DNA. So people born now... Kids born now will have this this virus already in the system making genetic alterations, so give it another fifty years, humans might have. Six eyeballs, I don't know, some crocodile legs, some shit, I don't know, three dicks and six balls. I don't know how biology will evolve, but we know for a fact viruses had huge impact on evolution on this planet. And even human brain grew grew so big in the past two million years. Now we have these psychiatric issues, schizophrenia, autism probably because the brain grew so fast no other species grew the brain so fast as we did how that happened i don't know i am not a biologist i don't know in detail but in 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 harvard universities i'm learning all the lectures in oxford They're talking, repeating the same thing. The biggest impact on human evolution had climate and viruses. Viruses and climate. This is why people are uh, prevailing and Neanderthals died out. Period. You know, Homo erectus died out and Homo sapiens prevail and here we are the stone tools were the same for 2 million years why homo sapiens started using developing why, why, why so we know for now you understand so it's it's very complicated in biology. But going back to your own life, your own life, what can you do today to make you feel better, to find inspiration? You will find inspiration if you go to your church, I don't know, library, and, and do something for other people. Literally spend half a day at veterinary clinic uh, working as a volunteer, working with dogs and cats, this doctor veterinarian, is serving you know on Saturday after school you're going to learn You're going to meet other interesting people. You're going to spend time with animals, if you like animals. You understand? I'm giving you examples. I'm giving you examples. You're going to learn. So before you even get to college, you already will experience different environments. And you're going to be more adult than other schoolmates you have. So instead of hanging out, smoking marijuana somewhere in the bank of a river and drinking beer and throwing rocks at people's windows... As i did <laughs> you, you 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 better get busy because you don 't have time we don 't have time i don 't have time you don 't have time. every day counts one thing for sure, time is the greatest value in human life it 's not cash it 's not sex it 's not uh, prestige, recognition, selling paintings, being in a museum, oh my God, no time, my day, and how I enjoyed this day. Do I feel I had, my day had a purpose? Do I feel I did something good today? Do I feel I made right decisions? You understand? Do I feel I Ruined somebody's life Or I contributed to somebody's life With with positivity I taught somebody something I I shared some wisdom I gave somebody food Whatever, you understand? So, you know you, you, you need to be conscious Of this balance What goes into you And what comes out of you Besides shit I didn't flush So you didn't hear the flush So I'm waiting to finish this episode So I can flush the toilet Thank you for listening, and I hope you had a good time.